Ryan Horvath, P.J. Glasser. P.J.'s Orioles up 3-0 on the Dodgers right now. Ryan Mountcastle, Adam Frazier, and Gunnar Henderson all with RBIs. Orioles right now on the live line. Minus 550. Live totals 9.5, minus 140 to the under. Giants-Reds early on. That game's tied up at 1. The live totals now 7.5 in the fourth inning. Still a pick. The Reds actually slight favorites now, minus 115. Marlins-Cardinals scoreless in the second, as well as the Guardians and the Pirates. They're just getting underway, scoreless in the first. The Guardians tonight, minus 130 favorites. Uh, my only bet of this slate is the Cubs. They're minus 135 favorites against the Nats. Mackenzie Gore on the bump for Washington. The total in the game, 9.5 at Wrigley. Wind blowing in, minus 115 to the under. It's been a crazy offseason once again in the offseason, in the uh, NBA, I should say, Peach. And uh, to talk about that and more, we welcome on now friend of show, Keith Smith. Give him a follow on Twitter, Keith Smith NBA contributor over with Spotrack. Keith, how you been, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Uh, obviously, we're going to get the summer league. We're going to get to what's going on in Philadelphia, not only with Joel Embiid and James Harden, but everything else. But I actually want to start with the Celtics. Pretty successful offseason, but what's going on with Jalen Brown right now? He's expect he's expected to sign one of the bigger contracts uh, extensions here in NBA history, but no deal done yet. What's going on with Jalen Brown in Boston right now? What's the current update? Yeah, we don't know for sure. We haven't had any kind of uh, final determination on anything. Everything you hear out of all parties involved is, yeah, things are going good. We're just negotiating. This will get done. There was a report that came out, I believe it was yesterday, that he's headed on a vacation. Uh, so that's going to pause things. But I can tell you, this is abnormal. We don't generally see guys when they're super max eligible take this long to sign the extension. It's generally done uh, fairly quickly after free agency opens and it would just kind of go from there so that this is taking uh longer than expected and anytime something takes longer uh than expected you the eyebrow gets raised a little bit keith what about james harden uh declined his option obviously the clippers are kind of the team that are rumored that are looking into him where do you think harden ends up this season yeah, actually picked up his option uh, yeah, to, to stay uh with philly so far but picked it up to make a trade easier it sounds like things aren't moving really fast with that one. It, it's very much like the Damian Lillard trade where Philly is asking for a lot. and They're basically saying, hey, you're not meeting our asking price. Uh, Clippers is where James Harden, by all accounts, wants to be. Uh, that's home for him. He wants to go back home and, and play there and play with some guys he knows well. But for now, it sounds like that's just in a holding pattern that's where he wants to get to but unless uh philly comes down with their asking price or the clippers can find a way to meet it it doesn't sound like that's going to happen and we'll see if another team jumps in there and has interest in bringing harden in the problem is he's on an expiring deal so if you get him you may only have him for a year we'll see what that all looks like in that situation but it's it's definitely a little bit messy uh, right now so what do you think ends up happening with Damian Lillard? Do you think it is Miami? When do you think he gets moved? Is, it, is there any chance that he starts the season in Portland? Yeah, I tend to think it'll probably be Miami is is the uh, you know best bet. It, generally, when a superstar player wants to get somewhere, they generally do get to that place. But we'll see. I, you know, right now, you know, Portland's holding firm. I think what you're seeing in 
the Portland uh, side of that trade, Philadelphia side of their uh, trade negotiations with Harden, maybe even in the Jalen Brown negotiations as teams are trying to take back some semblance of control here and say, hey, we're no longer just going to give you guys everything you want in a contract and then trade you everywhere you want to be. We, we may see this start to tighten back up a little bit. We saw that in a lot of these contracts that were signed in this free agency period. We had a lot of guys uh, end up with team options at the end of deals or non-guaranteed money or heavily incentivized deals and those kind of things and that's generally a sign that teams are trying to take back some control so in this case I think Portland is right to ask for a King's ransom and the Heat can't can't deliver it right now so for the time being we're going to see this kind of hang out here for a little bit longer until Miami can either find a way to uh, reroute Tyler Hero somewhere and get the additional assets needed uh, to get him uh, to get Damian Lillard from Portland or again maybe another team sneaks in there and steals Lillard for themselves. Keith, what do you think are the plans the Suns have with DeAndre Ayton? They made that trade with campaign to try and get back some of those second round picks in the future. Do you think Ayton is going to be a Phoenix Sun this season or do you think they're going to move him? I think he's going to be there in Phoenix. I don't think he's going anywhere necessarily. I think what you're going to see is him stay right there uh, with the Suns, at least, you know, till the trade deadline. And then we'll see if some other needs have kind of made themselves available. Do they need to add depth or something along those lines? But Frank Vogel was very clear, you know, both on the record and then speaking to various people in Las Vegas at Summer League, he needs uh, DeAndre Ayton. He needs him to kind of uh, backbone that defense and be be that backline rebounder and rim protector and communicator. And they, they feel like he can do big things for, for them still. So uh, I think he's going to be a part of things. And then we'll see if, if a need arises or multiple needs. He's probably their best path forward via trade to fill that because you'd probably be looking at a two or three for one type of deal. But for now, I think Aiden's going to stick right there. Keith, we looked at the Eastern Conference and, you know, NBA season win totals are out. And obviously it makes sense. The Celtics have the highest win total in the East, 53.5. The Bucks right behind them at 52.5. But then there's the Cavs, 49.5. We're going to see them tonight. Their summer league team against Houston here in a couple hours, in about an hour. Uh, what are your expectations for the Cavs? Can they make that next leap? You know, especially like you look at their offseason. They didn't do anything huge. They got bounced in the playoffs. What do you think about Cleveland going into the season? Yeah, I think they're going to be pretty good. I think what we see often with teams like the Cavs is they take their step forward, which was two years ago when they got right there all the way to the end of the year and then couldn't quite finish it off and get into the playing tournament. Then last year, they take the big step forward and they make it back into the playoffs and they get bounced. But other than uh, Donovan Mitchell and a couple other guys who were role players, nobody on that team had any kind of playoff experience. That was Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, Darius Garland. That was their first taste of what the playoffs are like, and you rarely see guys win their first time through in a playoff series. So I think what we're going to see now is they're coming back. They added Max Struess, George Niang, a couple really good additions to, to their bench that I think are going to be really helpful for them. A couple shooters, a couple guys that can get out there, give them some different options to play uh, different kind of styles uh, there around instead of just always being big with, with uh, ball handling and create off the dribble creators they've now got some extra shooters so I th- think they've had a really nice offseason and I do think they have a chance to make some noise being a title contender that's probably a step too far but you know contending in the east I think there's a good chance 
Keith and them, the team that they're playing tonight, the Houston Rockets, you obviously know Ime Udoka, and they made some big moves this offseason, Dylan Brooks, and they got Fred Van Fleet. They got a nice combo of like young players and veterans. What do you foresee for Houston this season? Could they possibly be a team that sneaks in and, and plays in one of those playing games in the NBA this season, or, or do you think they're still maybe a year away? I think they're probably a year away. I think adding guys like Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks and Jeff Green, that that's to kind of help lift those kids and teach them, you know, hey, we, we can't we can't be playing games where we have 25 to 30 turnovers. And it, we certainly can't be playing those games on a fairly regular basis. We, we've got to value the ball. We've got to play right. And I think what you're going to see is, Fred Van Vliet, especially with like Jalen Green and Kevin Porter, you're probably going to see him take those guys aside and say, hey, Jabari Smith, Alperin Shingun, those guys are running hard for you and they haven't seen a quality touch in the last you know, five minutes. You know, We got to make sure we're taking care of the bigs and making sure they, they get a chance to eat too and really setting things up. So I think this year is about seeing uh, real tangible improvements out of the young kids and starting to play better basketball. If you can be playing meaningful games after the trade deadline, if you're the Rockets, which means you're you know, kind of fighting for maybe a spot in the play-in. That's huge, but I don't think they're quite there yet. I think we're going to see it probably need another year before they're ready to take that leap. But it's now a fun mix of veterans and uh, young players. How would you grade the Lakers offseason? You know, I really like what they've done. Their win total sitting there at 48.5. You know, the Nuggets, 54.5 wins, but they lose two of their best role players. I mean, maybe they're expecting Christian Brown maybe to make that next leap. I like what the Lakers have done. I don't know if it makes them a championship contender, but uh, where would you put them in the West, you know, heading into the season after the moves they've made here? Yeah, I think the Lakers had an outstanding offseason. They re-signed the guys they needed to re-sign. So whether that was, you know, if you consider that, I call them kind of the three R's, Reeves, Rui, and Russell. They got those three guys all signed to good contracts. They're, they're now, you know, have those guys locked in. They added a couple key free agents in Gabe Vincent and Torian Prince, who should be pretty good players for them. They probably need another big. Uh, we'll see what that looks like. We know it sounds like they're not quite ready to go the veteran minimum route yet. So if that's not going to happen, it may take a little bit. But I think that Lakers team looks really, really solid. And I think they're going to be pretty good uh, going into the regular season. And then we'll see kind of from there. I mean, so much for them is going to depend on are Anthony Davis and LeBron James healthy? Can they make it? 55, 60 games, and if they can, the regular season's probably going to be strong enough to get them into a decent playoff seed, and then from there, as long as they're healthy in the postseason like we saw a year ago, they'll be able to make a run. What they can't do is go in to the postseason as a play-in team because that makes the path too hard. You saw they completely ran out of gas, and they were exhausted by the time they got to that end of that West Finals against the Nuggets, so they, they just didn't have anything left. So got, got to try to you know get in that top six, ideally in the top four with home court advantage. Where are you at with the Warriors coming into the season? I was actually kind of surprised to see their win total 49.5. Obviously, love Chris Paul, love the Warriors. I just don't know what that fit looks like. Does he come off the bench? Is he in the starting lineup? What do you think they look like next season? Yeah, I can't really see a way he's in the starting lineup on any yeah. kind of regular basis. I mean, if they're you know fully healthy, I think he'll be coming off the bench, and I think that's better for him because I think what Chris Paul needs to be now is he needs to be a twenty to twenty-five minute a night guy, and that that'll hopefully get him through the regular season and into the playoffs feeling good and feeling healthy. But I think the challenge is can he be that guy? Right, he's been a starter since he was a rookie almost two decades ago. So is he going to be able to adjust to coming off the bench? What's that going to look? 
look like fits a little weird. You know, we'll see, you know, how that all comes together. One thing though, I think needs to be kept in mind here is he's essentially a $30 million expiring contract because his contract for next year is fully uh, non-guaranteed. But when I say next year, I mean 24, 25, to be clear. So the Warriors could always flip him in another deal down the line if they needed something else to, you know, flesh out their rotation, fill out their bench a little bit, something like that. But as long as Curry, Thompson, Green, Wiggins, if they're, you know, healthy and feeling good, I think that team has a chance to be really, really good. Uh, you know, but the question's going to be, can they you know, be those guys for, you know, more than, you know, 45, 50 games in the regular season? Keith, the Kings and the Pelicans, both their win totals at 43.5. So the odds makers are kind of seeing them as similar teams this season. Which one do you like more, Sacramento or New Orleans? I like Sacramento more just because I feel like I can trust their guys to stay healthy more than, than I can with the Pelicans. If the Pelicans are fully healthy, they're going to be pretty good. Even if they are missing you know, one guy, they should be pretty good. This is a team that was tops in the West for quite a bit uh, last season. But then with Zion out and then when Brandon Ingram went down, you saw it all just kind of fell apart on them. They don't have the rest of the horses to kind of carry them forward. So I think they'll they'll be a good team as long as those guys are healthy. I just don't trust it. We're in Sacramento. I think they're going to be mostly healthy. I think they've got a really good team. Their uh, starting five is one of the better ones in the NBA. They've got good depth coming off their bench. They have good functional depth. You know, they, they don't have 12, 13 guys that you're like, oh my gosh, but they've got, you know, they know who their seven, eight, nine guys are that they feel pretty good about. And I think they're going to be a pretty tough team uh, going into this regular season, especially since now they've kind of been there, done that, right? The pressure's off. They don't have to be the group to to, to break the drought and all that. They, they, they know what they're doing now. Uh, Keith, we got about 60 seconds left. Any chance we see any other big names moved either now or like who are some names maybe to look out for if a team gets off to a slow start? I mean, the Zach Levine talks have kind of died down a little bit for the Bulls. Anybody else to maybe look out for? Yeah, I mean, we're watching Damian Lillard, James Harden, obviously. Pascal Siakam's name continues to come up on the trade uh, you know, uh, rumor circuit here. We'll, we'll see if there's anything to that. OG Ananobi's another guy. It feels like Toronto's kind of spinning their wheels a little, so everybody's kind of still watching them, but they, they, they don't make panic moves there. They're going to hang hang tight as long as they can, so so we'll see. But the, those are the guys that we're kind of keeping an eye on here as we get into the uh, you know, start of training camp and the like. Keith, thanks so much, man. Thanks for giving us some time. Thanks, Keith. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Keith Smith, give him a follow on Twitter, Keith Smith MBA, contributor over to Spotrack, the front office show as well. Really great friend of show. Man, I want uh, to see some crazy stuff go down. Oh, me too. I want to see Damian Lillard to the Sixers, though. I do too. That'll keep Embiid yeah, happy. He's, gonna, good. he's going to Miami, though. He like is. Keith said, said, man, that's that's the NBA now. Right. If you want to go somewhere, if a star player wants to end yes. up somewhere, He's going to end up somewhere. Uh, I'm probably going to end up in a dumpster can somewhere because the Nats, they go into the bottom of the first, and it's already 2-0. Drew Smiley is terrible. So uh, gives up a two-run shot already, 2-0 Nationals. Cubs are most likely going to be sellers at the deadline. Is All this after PJ was trying to convince me that they were going to win the World Series. What was it, 150-1? to Yep. Is it safe to say he doesn't put a smiley on your face? I hate you. Thank you. I hate you so that much. That was bad. It's a big, uh, big day today, though. It's a big day today. We're going to talk some day. college football, some Big Ten. We're going to talk with our guy, Scott Lynn. we got a lot coming up. Hey, the Tennessee Titans made a big move today. We'll talk about that later on. It's BetMGM Tonight. Ryan Horvath, PJ Glasser.